الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يدلل فلن تجد له وليا مرشدا All praises due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We praise him and we seek his assistance and we seek his forgiveness And we seek assistance in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the evil of our own souls and our evil actions Whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides, no one can misguide. And whomsoever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala leads astray, no one can guide. وَأَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهِ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَأَشْهَدُ أَنَّ مُحَمَّدًا عَبْدُهُ وَرَسُولُهُ And I bear witness and I testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except for Allah. And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his prophet and messenger. Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad al-Fatih lima ughliq. والخاتم لما سبق ناصر الحق بالحق والهادي إلى صراطك المستقيم وعلى آله حق قدره ومقداره العظيم أما بعد أوصي نفسي وإياكم بتقوى الله تعالى My dear brothers and sisters I remind myself and all of you to be aware of Allah to be cognizant of Allah to fear Allah to put Allah سبحانه وتعالى always first before anything and everything you do in your life to be a person of Allah to love the people of Allah, to think about Allah, and to never remove yourself from the boundaries of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he commands us in the Quran multiple times to have this notion of taqwa, this notion of God consciousness to be cognizant of Allah. Because the one who's aware of Allah and the one who's cognizant of Allah, he can't do wrong. And he feels obliged to do good. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he tells us in Surah Ali Imran, after a'udhu billahi min shaitan rajim يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ حَقَّ تُقَاتِهِ وَلَا تَمُوتُنَّ إِلَّا وَأَنْتُمْ مُسْلِمُونَ O you who have believed, fear Allah as He is meant to be feared. And do not die except in a state of submission to Him. And do not die except in a state of Islam. Do not die except in a state of Islam. That means you're a person of Allah and Islam in your daily life. And Islam is not only constricted to the masjid. Some people, they come to the masjid, mashallah, and they pray fajr in the masjid, they pray ash in the masjid. And they go outside and as if they're not Muslim in their business transactions or in their daily life. No, the Muslim is holistic. Islam is shamil kamil, perfect religion for everything. Business transactions, the way you work at home, the way you treat your family, and also praying and acts of worship. Islam is kamil. Yeah? That's how you die a Muslim. You live a life of Islam. You live a life of Islam. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهَ وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَبِيرٌ بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ O you who have believed, fear Allah and let each person see what he has prepared for tomorrow. Let each person see what he has put forth for the Day of Judgment. Allah, he refers to the Day of Judgment in Surah Al-Hashr as tomorrow. اتَّقُوا اللَّهِ وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَّا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدٍ Let each person see what he has prepared for tomorrow. The Day of Judgment. That's how fast it comes. Without you expecting it. The Day of Judgment is here. 
Allah, inna Allah khabirun bima ta'amalun. Again, in fear Allah and be aware of Allah again in the same ayah, twice. Two commands of taqwa in the same ayah. Indeed, Allah is all knowing of what you do. Allah, He knows what you manufacture and what you do and what you, you, what you think about. Ya ayyuhaladina amana attaqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadida yuslih lakum a'malakum wa yaghfir lakum dhunubakum wa man yuti'illaha wa rasoolahu faqad faza fawzan azima. O you who have believed, fear Allah and say what is upright. Say an upright word, be upright. He will guide you to righteous actions and forgive you of your shortcomings. And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for indeed he has achieved a great triumph. And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for indeed he was successful. Allah, he says in this ayah, in Surah Al-Ahzab, this beautiful ayah, be cognizant of Allah, ittaqullah, wa qulu qawlan sadida, and say an upright word, because the Muslim is not zigzag. The Muslim, the mu'min is not a hypocrite, he's not a munafiq, he doesn't do right, left, no, he's straight, upright. When you're upright in your heart, and you're sincere in your heart, it shows on your tongue. If you have sincerity and truthfulness and sidq in your heart, the sidq comes and it shows on your tongue. And then it, and then it comes to your actions, your bodily actions. You're an upright person in everything, in your actions and in your speech and in your heart. That's what being upright. So if you speak upright, if you have an upright word, if you're firm in your, your speech, it's a, it's, a, it's a magnification of what's in your heart. It's a mirror of what's in your heart. Then he says, يُسْلِحْ لَكُمْ أَعْمَالَكُمْ وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبُكُمْ If you are such a person that is upright and sincere, and you have sidq, Allah, He rectifies your affairs. He facilitates you to do good. Allah grants you the ability to do good in your life. To pray salah, and to want to pray salah. To want to make wudu' when it's cold. Because you love Allah more than the cold. You love salah more than the cold. Yeah, that's when, you're, when you have true sincerity. Allah, He facilitates good for you. Unlike when you're a hypocrite and you have hypocrisy, everything is made difficult for you. When you have true sincerity and you're upright, Allah, He facilitates you to do good. And this is the greatest gift you could be gifted. If Allah grants you for the facilitation, the ability to do good, this is the greatest gift you could be gifted. So what happens? And He forgives you of your shortcomings as well. So if you're cognizant of Allah, if you fear Allah and you say an upright word, you're a person that's upright and straight and not zigzag, Allah rectifies your affairs, makes good easy for you. And then He forgives you of your shortcomings. Huh? And then He forgives you of your shortcomings. And who does not have a shortcoming? We're all human beings, we all have sins. Every day we sin, 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 sin. We sin so much, we don't consider the sin a sin anymore. And then he says, And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for indeed he has achieved a great triumph. And whomsoever obeys Allah and his messenger, for indeed he was successful. That's it, he succeeded. Success in this world, in this dunya. And in the hereafter, it's, it's through one way only. There's no other way. There's no calculus equation. It's not physics, it's not difficult. There's one way to achieve success in this world. And whomsoever obeys Allah and His Messenger, the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, is success. Najah, falah, everything you want in this dunya and the akhirah, you get it. And why is that? Because the believer is gifted something called iman. This iman changes your life forever. This iman makes you happy when everyone is miserable. This iman makes New Jersey seem sunny when it's gloomy outside. You know it's gloomy outside. It's gloomy. Gloomy. It's not nice. It's cloudy. The believer doesn't see cloudy. The believer is always light. The person that doesn't have Iman, even if he's in the Bahamas, if he's in the Bahamas, it's sunny every day, right? The Bahamas is sunny. If you don't have Iman, it's gloomy every day in the Bahamas. And it's sunny in New Jersey. How is that? That's all perspective, brother. Because you have contentment and happiness and Iman in the heart. So you find something called tranquility that people are all dying for, that people cannot find. Because no matter what vacation you go on or no matter what drink you drink 
or no matter what filet mignon you eat, you don't find happiness except in, content, in, in Islam, except in submission. It's crazy when you think about it because when you submit yourself and you bound yourself to Sharia and you bound yourself by obeying Allah's commands and staying away from his prohibitions, you're gifted something called happiness and contentment. It's crazy. It's like when you, when you, when you hold your nafs and you don't give in to your nafs, that's when you find happiness, not when you indulge. Because people, they indulge every day and they're not happy. They're not happy. But then Ramadan comes and you fast Ramadan and you're three days into Ramadan and you're like, what is this? I'm not eating and I'm not drinking. And I'm happy? How, how am I happy without eating and drinking? Because every day you wake up and you're not happy until you have your cup of coffee. I'm not happy. I'm not happy. I need my coffee. Coffee. I need my egg and cheese from Dunkin' Donuts. I need it. And to be happy, I need it. But then Ramadan comes to shatter this notion. You know, Ramadan comes and it destroys this, this idea in your head. And you see something crazy. You see that when you obey Allah, and you refrain from what Allah tells you to refrain from, and you uphold His commands, you're happy. So it comes, laws and regulations, they come to grant you freedom, not, not, not slavery. The one who follows His desires, the one who does what He wants when He wants, and He eats what He wants when He wants, and He drinks what He wants when He wants, and He sleeps with whoever He wants when He wants, this person is not happy. This person is a slave to his own self. You're either a slave to yourself, you're either a slave to your nafs, abd shahwa a slave to your desires, or you're a slave to Allah. And when you're a slave to Allah, you find something crazy. You find happiness, tranquility, comfort, ease, and true freedom. The same way in America, we have green light, red light, stop sign, left turn signal, red, right turn signal. We have laws and regulations in the United States to let, to, to, to let society prosper. These laws and regulations are made for society to prosper and be at ease, not to give us difficulty. If there was no traffic lights outside, it would be utter chaos because why am I going to let this guy go before me? It will be, tra it will be tra traffic jams every day and accidents every day. That's why Allah is all-wise, all-knowing. Allah is the legislator. Allah is the shara. Allah is all-hakim, alim. He's the one that grants us these laws and regulations for our benefit. And the crazy thing is, the crazy thing is, you may not comprehend the benefit of something. It doesn't matter. If Allah commands it, it is good for you. And if Allah prohibits it, Allah prohibits you to stay away from something, it's bad for you. Whether you comprehend it or not, you have people that come out with studies about alcohol, studies about pornography, studies about zina, studies about khanzir, about pig, and all oh, these things are bad for you for this reason, that reason. That's all good. That's all great. But no matter what, if Allah prohibits you from something, it's bad for you. Whether the study comes out or not, you have to know that. And once you understand this concept, you live life happy. And you find true tranquility and ease. Because re re staying, remaining in the boundaries of Allah is happiness. Being a slave of Allah is happiness. And ease, and it's not misery. Misery is being a slave of yourself, doing whatever you want, whenever you want. Only in the remembrance of Allah, only in the remembrance of Allah does the heart find true tranquility, comfort, and ease and solace. Tranquility, comfort, ease, solace, happiness, contentment is only through Allah. It's only through Allah. No matter what you think, or no matter what Instagram tells you, or TikTok tells you, or Snapchat tells you, it's all kalam farikh. And the mu'min is granted something called basira. He sees through fakeness like a CAT scan. You go to the doctor, you have a problem with your back, they give you a CAT scan. The CAT scan sees through your body and it sees with the inside. The mu'min has something called basira. He sees through fake. He sees through garbage like a CAT scan. He sees TikTok as garbage. He sees Instagram as garbage. Why? Because it's all filth. To make you waste time and look into haram, it's a gateway to another bigger haram. That's how it is. Ya shaitan. Oh, you have believed, do not follow the footsteps of shaitan. He starts you off with something small. Oh, I just have an Instagram, you know. I need it from a business. Or I need it for whatever. And then you click explore. And explore goes to one, two, three real quick. We are at ten already. Whoa. Yeah, this is shaitan. This is how he works. The moment is smart. He sees the first step for what it is. 
you know, he sees the first step for what it is, and he cuts off anything that's going to make him need to, to reach step 10. He cuts it off from the onset. He doesn't want to reach step 10. 10 is zina. One is Instagram explore page, yeah? One, two is another website, yeah? Three, three, four, until you reach 10. A'udhu Billah, may Allah protect us. The believer, he sees haram as disgusting and distasteful. And the person with no iman or weak iman or the person who's not a Muslim, he doesn't see this. He doesn't, he's not granted this vision. He's not granted this basira, this understanding. When you see good or acts of worship as good and good things, that's a good thing. That means your heart is pure. But when you start to see acts of worship as boring and not nice, and you see haram as good and decorated, this is a big problem. And your heart has a seal over it. You have to purify your heart. You have to fix the state of your heart. You have to fix the state of your heart in order to see properly. And the Prophet, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, every time the slave commits a sin, right? Every time the slave commits a sin, we all sin. A black dot is placed on his heart. And then if, then if he stops what he's doing, the haram that he's committing, if he stops it, if he stops it, and he makes something called istighfar, and he asks Allah for forgiveness. He makes tawbah and istighfar, suqila qalbahu. His heart becomes purified. It's like you have an oil grease stain. You have a grease stain, yeah? This grease stain is dirty. You want to clean the grease stain. You take Windex or whatever it is, and you spray the grease stain, and you clean it. That's what happens to your heart when you make tawbah. Your heart is the area of comprehension. Your heart is the area of comprehension, not your brain. Allah, Allah, do they not have hearts that they don't comprehend with? Allah, he says, do they, not, do they have hearts that they don't comprehend with? Meaning that comprehension and understanding comes from the heart. So if your heart is diseased, you start to see right as wrong and wrong as right. And you start to see incoherent. You're, you're seeing, your vision becomes incoherent. It becomes wrong, dysfunctional. So then you see what is made bad, good. And this is the problem. You have to fix your heart. You say, brother, I don't feel like making tawbah. Brother, I don't feel like making istighfar. You say, brother, I don't feel like a lot of things. I don't feel like McDonald's. I don't feel like burger. Do, do something without feeling it sometimes. Fake it till you make it. You fake it till you make it. You fake it till you make it. Make, fake it. Fake it. Say, astaghfirullah. Ask Allah for forgiveness. Say, Allah, grant me the ability to make, to want to make, make tawbah. Ya Allah, grant me the ability to want to return to you. Ya Allah, grant me the ability to want to purify my heart. Ya Allah, please. Ya Allah, you see everything. Ya Allah, you know everything. Ya Allah, I know nothing. Talk to Allah when you drive. Instead of calling your friend, talk to Allah as you're driving. Say, Ya Allah, please, let me want to make tawbah. Ya Allah, I love you. Ya Allah, I love you. I want you to love me back. Ya Allah, I'm weak and you're strong. Ya Allah, you are high and I am low. Ya Allah, you are rich and I'm poor. Ya Allah, please grant me the ability to return to you. I want you, Allah. I don't want fake. I don't want dunya. I want you, Allah. And then, inshallah, one day your heart becomes soft and you make tawbah and then you actually feel it. Then you start to feel salah. Then you pray salah and you're like, this is amazing. What is this? What is this? It's amazing. I love salah every day. I want to pray salah. Every day I want to pray salah. This is amazing. Once you reach sweetness in your prayer, you won, man. Prayer is the greatest gift you could be gifted in the world. The Prophet said, The coolness of my eye was made in salah. The coolness of my eye was made in salah. The Prophet, if something was to afflict him, if he was to feel anxious or agitated, he would rush to prayer. He would rush to salah. This is the way of the mu'min. The Prophet used to command Sayyidina Bilal, he says, Oh, Bilal, make the adhan, yalla, make the adhan, please. We're tired of dunya, we're tired, we're tired. Make the adhan so we can have some comfort in salah. We want to breathe. I want oxygen. We need O2, we need water. We need to breathe. Salah is the, is the oxygen, H2O. It's everything 
It's everything uh, uh, for the believer. For the believer. I think he told me to calm down. Okay. Uh, this is all a big tangent. This is all a big tangent. Uh, my original khutbah was meant to be about hope because, you know, we watch the news every single day. My heart just went here, but I wanted to talk about hope because we watch the news every single day and we get really hurt. You know, the person that has Iman in his heart or a better, a seed of Iman in his heart, he gets hurt when he watches the news about his brothers and sisters around the world being hurt. And we're in the 111th day of the onslaught of the Israeli occupation on our dear brothers and sisters in Palestine. We ask Allah to grant them aid and victory over their oppressors. And we ask Allah to accept the martyrs of them, you know, and raise their status in Jannah and grant them patience and grant us understanding and grant us hearts that are awake so we can feel their pain. And to not let us have hearts that are dead and decaying and rusted. And the mu'min is someone special. He's not an average individual. The mu'min is special. He's on a special status. That's because he's gifted iman. And this iman is a treasure. This iman that you have, this belief and this nur in your heart, is a treasure you have to hold on to it with your molar teeth. Your number one initiative and goal in your life is to not let your iman go away. You want to hold on to your iman with your molar teeth. No matter what it is, you want to maintain your iman. Because iman is the greatest gift you could be gifted in the world. If you have iman, you have everything. Because iman is your source of happiness. And iman is your source of success, like we said. If you have iman, you want to hold on to your iman with your molar teeth. If you see your iman being stripped away, if you find yourself losing iman, you want to, you want to try everything to maintain your iman. So the mu'min is different than everyone else. The mu'min is gifted different prescriptions and medications that the normal person doesn't have. From these prescriptions and medications the mu'min has is the medication of hope. Huh? Hope, having hope, having hope on Allah. The mu'min is different than the non-Muslim. He has hope. He doesn't lose hope. Why does the Muslim have hope? Because the Muslim is shaped by Quran and Sunnah. The Muslim is shaped by the prophetic teachings of the Prophet and by revelation of the Quran. Oxygen, H2O, water, you know? Amazing. What a gift it is. Uh, and the Prophet he went through problems in his life as well. And all the prophets and messengers, they all went through problems in their lives as well. And their stories are mentioned in the Quran. Why does Allah grant us stories in the Quran? Why does Allah give us the story of Nuh or the story of Hud or the story of Salih or the story of Shu'aib or the story of Yusuf uh, or the story of Zakariya uh, or the story of Musa salam, or Ibrahim? Why does Allah give us these stories in the Quran? For what reason? Uh, so we read it like a comic book? No, man. Stories are relate to us in the Quran for us to derive lessons and meanings from. For us to derive lessons and meanings from. We read the Quranic story to extract benefit. The Prophet ﷺ, he went through difficulties in his life as well. One of the greatest difficulties and trials the Prophet ﷺ went, to, went through in his life was the loss of his beloved wife Khadija anha. He was hurt and distraught like any human would be when he loses his companion, right? He was hurt and distraught. The woman that bore his children has now passed away and he loved her dearly. In that same year, he loses his uncle Abu Talib. Abu Talib passes away in the famous story. Uh, uh, he, he tells his uncle to convert on his deathbed. And his uncle doesn't give the shahada. So the Prophet is more distraught and hurt. And this year in the, in the seerah is known as Amil Huzunda, the year of sorrow. In the same year after he loses his uncle, which was his insurance, you know, his uncle was his, his daman, his uncle was his, his protection. His uncle was protecting him. Uh, in that time, you had to have a protection, yeah? His uncle was his protector. He said, let I, I, I should, uh, he said, uh, uh, if the brothers could please come to the front. And make space for the brothers in the front, in the back, please. He goes to the neighboring city of Ta'if to find aid there. He wants to go find help there. He says, perhaps my people in Mecca are not believing in me, but I'll find aid in the people of Ta'if. 
So he goes to Ta'if and he calls the people of Ta'if to Islam. And the reaction of the people of Ta'if is al-Badru alayna, right? They are so happy, right? No, absolutely not. That was a rhetorical question. <laughs> the people of Ta'if, the people of Ta'if, they, they rejected the Prophet They actually pelted him with rocks until he almost fell unconscious and he bled. And so it was a difficult time. It was really tough. So the Prophet he's coming down from Ta'if. You know, we talk about Ta'if and we talk about the Prophet going to Ghar Hira to, to, to ponder. We talk about this like we're reading a storybook, like it's nothing. Then you go to Mecca and you visit Ta'if. And it takes you two hours to get to Ta'if by car. And it's like a mountain. It's huge. So, I, you know, you read the story of the Prophet he went to Ta'if, like you think of it, like he went for five minutes and he came back like he was a neighboring city. No, like he walked two weeks to Ta'if maybe, you know. He, it was a very long walk. It's up a mountain. It's cold in Ta'if. It snows in Ta'if sometimes. It's up a mountain. He goes to Ta'if and they reject him. And they, they have their children pelt him with rocks, which is the most degrading thing. Until he almost falls unconscious and he bleeds. And he starts to make his way down from Ta'if. And it's a difficult time. At this timing, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he consoles the heart of the Prophet by revelation, which is a common theme. The Prophet goes through something, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he consoles his heart with revelation. Uh, what surahs are revealed at this timing? It's around the 10th year of the Bi'ta. 10 years after prophethood, three surahs are revealed back to back to back. Three surahs. Three surahs. Surah Yunus, and Surah Hud, and Surah Yusuf. They are revealed back to back to back. They're Meccan surahs revealed at this timing during Amr al-Huzn. Why? To grant the Prophet comfort through his difficulty. Why is that? These three surahs are powerful surahs. These three surahs are powerful surahs. The Prophet he says, Shayyabatni hud wa akhawatuha. He says, Hud made my hair gray. And the sisters of Hud, Yunus and Yusuf, yeah? They made my hair gray. Yani he had gray hair. And he says, I have gray hair due to the strength and the power of these three surahs, yeah? They came back to back to back in Surah Hud and in Surah Tunis, but we're talking about Surah Hud right now. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions the stories of other prophets and messengers. He mentions, he starts off by mentioning the story of Nuh alayhi salam. And he mentions the story of Salih and Hud yeah, and Shu'aib and Ibrahim and Musa. He mentions stories of prophets in this 11, 12, 13 page surah. Surah Hud is the 11th surah of the Quran. It comes after Yunus and it comes right before Yusuf. Yeah, so we have three surahs back to back to back, all named after prophets, all revealed at the same time, back to back to back at the same time. Why? To grant the prophet comfort and ease. To grant him hope, because he's going through a tough time. Yeah, so us as Muslims, we read the Quran to receive hope. And we read the stories of the prophets to receive hope. And we get that and we gain that. We get that and we gain that. What, what does Allah say at the end of Surah Hud? There's a beautiful ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions at the end of Surah Hud. I love this ayah so much. After mentioning the stories of the prophets, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Allah he says, he says in Surah Hud, he says, uh, Allah subhanahu wa he says, and this is the way, we relay unto you, O Muhammad, the stories of the prophets and messengers before you so that we may grant your heart strength. Uh, so we can grant your heart strength and grant you ease. Uh, in, in, in these stories and in these ayahs that have been recited, is nothing but truth. Haq and, and a remembrance, a good remembrance. And, a, and, 
And Mu'adha is a lesson. Truth and a lesson and a remembrance for a believing people. And a remembrance for a believing people. So us as believing people, we receive hope from our belief in Allah, our belief in the Prophet and through the Qur'an. And if you're a person of the Qur'an, you have gained victory in this world and the next. Because the Qur'an is nothing but good. The Qur'an is nothing but happiness. The Qur'an is nothing but solace. We ask Allah to grant us you know, a connection with the Qur'an. We ask Allah to grant us an intimate love for the Qur'an. We ask Allah to grant us sincerity. We ask Allah to rectify our affairs. We ask Allah to make us people of taqwa. We ask Allah to make us people of taqwa. الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا أوصي نفسي وياكم بتقوى الله تعالى my dear brothers and sisters I remind myself and all of you to fear Allah and to be aware of Allah and to be cognizant of Allah and to always put Allah سبحانه وتعالى first before everything and anything in the world the person who lives with Allah and he puts Allah first he's victorious and he's always happy and he never finds discomfort in his life because he's a person of Allah and being a person of Allah is a high amazing thing and when you're a person of Allah, you want to be with the people of Allah. You want to surround yourself with pious people. Because when you love Allah, you love the people that love Allah. And you love the people that remind you of Allah. Unlike the person you give salam to, and he says, brother, why is it always salam, 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 salam? You can't say hi, we're in America, bro. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Assalamu alaikum, bro. We Muslim, we want to talk Muslim, man. We want to look and dress Muslim. We're not only Muslims in the masjid, we want to look Muslim everywhere. So when someone stares at you, you say, what's that thing you're wearing? It's called a kufi. You say, I'm a Muslim. I'm happy to be a Muslim. My name is Ismail. What's that, Ishmael? No, I said your name, right? Why can't you say my name, right? Ismail? And then you tell the lady at the cashier, what could fil kitabi Ismail? Yeah, you say Ishmael is a great prophet, messenger from God. Then you start dialogue. Then they see you're speaking English like dumb. They say, wow, where are you from? You say, I'm from Paris. And where are you from? Oh, but I'm originally from Palestine. You say, Ard al Yeah? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant our brothers and sisters Palestine victory and aid and comfort and destroy the oppressors wherever they are in the world. Allah. The curse of Allah is always on the oppressors no matter where they are in the world. To end the khutbah, we want a quick story from the Sunnah of the Prophet another story of hope. It's the story of Umm Salama, Al-Makhzumiyyah, the wife of the Prophet Umm Salama had lost her husband after the Hijrah. Her husband was a great man. Abu Salama was a great man. He was a Badri. He was a Sahabi Jalil Jiddan, you know. He was an amazing man. Uh, and she lost her companion and her, and her love of her life. Yeah, her husband. She lost him and she loved him dearly. And uh, when she lost her husband, they commanded her to say something. Yeah, a dua. That she was not feeling. Because sometimes you're hurt, you don't feel it. You know, sometimes you're hurt. Someone comes and tells you, you're hurt. You got to go to the masjid. Pray say, I don't want no masjid, man. I want Netflix. I want popcorn and ice cream. I'm hurt. Masjid, masjid, Quran always. She was hurt. She was hurt. And they told her, make this dua. Say, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Allahumma ajurni fi musibati wa khlufni khayran minha. So they told her to say this dua. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. To Allah we belong and to him we will return. Allahumma ajurni fi musibati. Oh Allah grant me respite, grant me reward. In my calamity. Wa li khayran minha. And grant me better than what I have lost. And you could say this for anything. Whether you drop milk, you want better milk. Whether you, something happens in life that's really bad. You get in a car accident. A girl dumps you. A girl breaks up with you. You break up with it. Whatever it is in the world. You say Allah, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. To Allah we belong and to him we return. Oh Allah, grant me reward in my calamity because you're, you're Muslim. We have concepts of Iman. You get reward for patience. You get reward for patience. Yeah? And grant me better than whatever it is that I have lost. She says, so I said the dua, even though I wasn't feeling it because they forced me to, right? They said, just say the dua. The Prophet he commanded you to say this dua. So she says the dua and she talks about this years later. 
And she said, I said to myself, who's better than Abu Salama in the world? He was the first, we were the first family to migrate. The first family to migrate to Medina together as a family, him and his family. Bedri, great man to her. And she said, shortly after that, the Prophet sent another companion to ask for my hand. And I was gifted Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So inshallah, we take this as a lesson of hope, always to have hope. No matter what you lost, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghani. He could give you whatever you want. He could give you better than what you had. Don't have, don't be cheap with your thoughts of Allah. Be expansive. Allah is al-ghani. He could give you whatever you want in the world. You lose something, you could get something better. You ask Allah, but you ask Allah with sincerity. Zakariya alayhi salam, when he calls out to Allah, Allah, he describes him in Surah Maryam. When he makes dua, he called out to Allah in seclusion and in secret. In a, in a low voice. Not, not in the measure of Ya Allah in front of everyone, this, that, always trying to make Allah in front of everyone, make you feel like, uh, relax, man, relax. Be, 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 be humble, be small, be small, be quiet. Allah, he loves the khafi slave of Allah, the secret slave. Who's the secret slave of Allah? He's the guy, he comes to Fajr every day for 20 years in ICPC. I don't know his name. He doesn't talk to anybody. He comes, he prays Fajr, he, he makes dua and he leaves. Then you have someone else, he comes and he, where are you? Where'd you go? Where were you for three years? Where have you been? What happened to that? You saw the coffee downstairs. It's at Folger's coffee. It's not the good coffee. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You want to be secret, man? You want to have an intimate bond with Allah? We ask Allah to grant us sincerity and ikhlas. We ask Allah to grant us understanding. We ask Allah to grant us uh, strong hope in Him. We ask Allah to grant us uh, strong faith in Him. We ask Allah to grant us an intimate bond with His book. We ask Allah to make the happiness of our lives found in our salah. We ask Allah to grant us uh, sweetness in our prayer. We ask Allah to guide our children to the love of salah and Quran. We ask Allah to keep us steadfast and sincere. We ask Allah to be with our brothers and sisters in Palestine and to grant them victory and aid over their oppressors. We ask Allah to end this onslaught and to grant them victory and aid over their oppressors. ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكوننا من الخاسرين ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم اغفر للمسلمين والمسلمات والمؤمنين والمؤمنات الأحياء منهم والأموات إنك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات إن الله تعالى يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون فاذكروا الله يذكركم واشكروه يزدكم واستغفروه يغفر لكم وأقم الصلاة إن الصلاة تنهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح قد قامت الصلاة قد قامت الصلاة الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله Please fill the gaps in prayers if it is your last prayer. Please turn your phones off. Next time you keep your phone in the car, inshallah. Allahu Akbar. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين 
إِيَّاكَ نَعْبُدُ وَإِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينُ إِحْدِنَا الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمُ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ غَيْرِ الْمَغْضُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الضَّالِّينَ ألم نشرح لك صدرك ووضعنا عنك وزرك الذي أنقد ظهرك ورفعنا لك ذكرك فإن مع العسر يسرا إن مع العسر يسرا فإذا فرغت فانصب وإلى ربك فارغب الله أكبر سمي الله الحمد لله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين إحدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إنا أعطيناك الكوثر فصل لربك وانحر إن شانئك هو الأبتر الله أكبر سمي الله الحمد الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.